He looks determined without being ruthless. Something heroic in his manner. There's a courage about him. Doesn't look like a killer. Comes across so calm. Acts like he has a dream. Full of passion. You don't trust me, huh? Well, you know why. I do. We're not supposed to trust anyone in our profession anyway. Back to Asian Cinema Fusion. I am your host, Paul Martinez, here to talk uh, some reviews on five films. I'm not going to get into the <laughs> the time span between episodes. I'm going to try my best to make them a little more regularly coming out. Uh, I just have so many things I get myself involved in that sometimes it takes away from me reviewing films and what I want to do when I do review these films is I want to watch them and then review them fairly quickly um, so that it's fresh in my head uh, you know what I've just seen and so because of that sometimes I have to rewatch stuff that I've already seen uh, a second time before I do the show so you know stuff like that just plays into it but I am going to really try to be better for this year but uh, let's get right into it today we're going to start off with uh, a movie uh Usually these are new films, but it's been a while since I've done a show, so these films are going back maybe a little over a year, but still fairly new. We're going to start with Blade of the Immortal, 2017 out of Japan, directed by the great Takashi Miike, uh, who, I mean, this guy's got over 100 films. I'm, we reviewed uh, Miike films on this show before, Lesson of Evil, Audition, uh, One Missed Call, which got remade into an American film, uh, countless of others, Ichi the Killer, Takashi Miike, uh, one of the uh, biggest uh, directors, I would say, in the world, not just Asia, and uh, it's starring Takuya Kimura, who is also known as Kimutaku, who plays Manji, uh, he's a member of the group SMAP, very huge pop group in Japan, He's been in the film Hero, uh, Space Battleship Yamato is probably maybe what he's best known for um, outside of his uh, music career. Also starring Hana Sugasaki, who plays Rin Asano. Don't know too much about her. I know she did a film called Her Love Boils Bathwater. <laughs> Never seen it. Don't even know what it's about, but that might be her biggest role before doing this. Also starring Hayato Ichihara, who plays Shira. Uh, you would know him from uh, Yakuza Apocalypse. That's where I know him from. Uh, he's also in the film called God's Puzzle. And also starring Sota Fukushi, who plays Kagaisa Anatsu, who you would best know from Kamen Rider films. And our tagline for this is, Revenge has no lifespan. So, a ronin who cannot be killed tries to help a young woman get revenge on those who butchered her family. Now, in recent times, uh, Mr. McKay has come under some fire for some of his last few films being a bit underwhelming. Honestly, I don't think that they've been that bad. But when you make masterpieces like films, as we mentioned earlier, Lesson of the Evil, Ichi the Killer, Audition, etc., People get accustomed to that level. Well, 
for those of you that fall into that category, here you go. Wonder McGates was entertaining films to date. Blood of the Immortal is an assault on the senses, an almost non-stop parade of blood and violence, but not in a trashy, low-budget shock way. Uh, this film deals with a Ronin who cannot die and has many layers to it to go along with the mayhem. Uh, and yes, mayhem is what you came for, and you will not be disappointed. Outstanding fight scenes with some truly awesome characters sporting some outlandish weapons. Truly a treat to watch uh, for fans of you know of this genre. There is at times where it's a little off the wall, but this is McKay. I mean, do you ever expect anything less from him? I mean, he is one of the most outlandish directors there are, but that's part, definitely part of his charm. Uh, the acting here was pretty good, especially the two main leads. Um, I really think Hana Sugasaki is going to become a household name in Japan very soon. And of course, Kimura already is. Really, though, I loved everyone's roles here. I mean, this isn't Shakespeare. But for what it is, I thought this was pulled uh, very admirably by the actors. The director, I thought, got a lot out of them. Uh, and this was us really... A fun watch. I mean, yes, the violence is insane. And sometimes, if you're a fan of, you know, a lot of these Japanese uh, type of, you know, shock, uh, violent films, uh, usually the acting and plot lines and stuff like that really take a hit. Uh, but not here. Uh, this is just really well done. I mean, there's really not much I can say bad about this. I have heard some complaints from people who went with me that it did get a little over the top but again as I stated before this is Takashi McKay and if that's something you're going to complain about then you really shouldn't watch his films ever expecting anything different um that's McKay that's what I love about McKay he is over the top he is in your face whatever he does um he goes you know excuse my language balls to the wall and I'm a fanboy of his and so for me I, I really love this film I thought it was one of the best ones um, of his weapon, you know, of his uh, entire career. This is one of his best films. And I give it an 8.5 out of 10. And obviously, I highly recommend this film. I think it's on Netflix. I think it was at Netflix one point. You know, they, they cycle stuff in and out. So I'm not sure if it's still there or not. But um, if it is, you should definitely check this out. A very, very fun, fun uh, samurai film for Mr. McKay. Blade of the Immortal. Okay, our next film is called Itifak, 2017, out of India. And this is directed by Abe Chopra, who made tons of films in India. Maybe a film you might know is Doom 1 and 2. That's D-H-O-O-M, a couple of really big hits for him. It's starring Akshay Khanna as CBI officer Dev Sharma, who has been in films such as Race, uh, Gandhi, uh, the film My Father, uh, also Siddharth Mahotra, who plays Vikram Sethi, who is in the film Ekvilin and uh, Kapoor and Son. Sonakshi Sina, who plays Maya Sina, she was in Akira, uh, Lutera, Akira we talked about uh, once before we uh, reviewed that film on here. And Samir Sharma, who plays Shikar Sina, mostly known as a TV actor, um, not too much in the way of um, 
major motion pictures. And our tagline in this film is, they are two sides to every murder. So police investigate a murder where two suspects have completely different stories as to what happened. So a few episodes ago, I talked about the Rashomon effect. And that kind of is what we have here. Cops are chasing a man suspected of murdering his wife. He claims to be innocent. When they catch up to him, he is at a woman's apartment standing over her dead husband. Now in custody, he claims he is being framed. The woman, however, says the opposite, that he is a cold-hearted killer. A veteran detective must now try to unweave each version of the story to get to the truth. And I have to say, this had me guessing throughout. Uh, excellent performances from the three leads, especially uh, Sonakshi Sina, who, you know, I am becoming a big fan of after seeing her in this and in Akira. And I am looking forward to obtaining a copy of Lutera as I hear good things about her performance there as well. The supporting cast left a bit to be desired, but they did not spoil my enjoyment of the movie. You know, the film had a very slick style to it and also some very nice choreography. For a young, inexperienced director, I have to say this was done quite well. And, you know, another thing that grabbed me was the slight nod to my favorite film all time, The Usual Suspects. And I won't give anything away, but I think those of you who have seen it will catch it as well. So, when you're talking about a mystery, suspense type of film, what matters most is, you know, how is this mystery being brought along and how is it resolved? You know, like, I've seen many mysteries over the years where you're just like, really? That, that was, that's who did it? Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, red herrings everywhere. What you're going to get in a mystery film, of course, but then when the final, you know, aha comes and you're so underwhelmed because it just didn't have a punch to it. And I thought this was not the case here. This was a film that it kept you guessing as to what happened. And when it was resolved, you were like, oh, wow. Like, I left the theater feeling, you know, okay, this was... You know, this was, uh, you know, done well. Now, again, this is not nothing uh, crazy. Um, it's not groundbreaking. It's not even on the level of some of the great K-suspense dramas of the 2000s. But this is a very watchable film with uh, a very good performance. Sonakshi uh, Sina. Uh, she is really good in this. I just think, uh, you know, sometimes I know we mostly talk about Stuff from Japan and China and Korea, Thai, and I don't do enough Indian reviews. But every now and then, uh, there's a couple of Indian films I hear about that I think sound interesting, and this was one of them. And I definitely think it's something you guys should check out. Um, I gave the film a six and a half out of ten. Okay, our next film is usually uh, from the pile, as I call it. These are usually here where I review a film that's a not too old, but a little older that just never got around to watching and finally uh, made some time to watch. And this one is The Trap, 2015 out of Korea, uh, directed by Man Dai Bong, who directed the horror film Cinderella, starring Yu Ha Jun as Jung Min, uh, who's been in Nowhere to Turn, uh, The Prison, and Han Jae In, who plays uh, Yumi. 
See, see the film Pickup Artist. I think that's already I know uh, of hers. She's a young, young actress. And the tagline here is, it's all about the bait. So, a writer goes off alone to work and becomes obsessed with a mysterious teenage girl. So, as I said, I had wanted to see this for some time, but the problem was I could not find any English subs for it. I finally found a DVD online and quickly ordered me a copy. And as with most things that we build up in our mind, this failed to live up to expectations. I had heard some comparisons to the film Lolita with this, and I see where that's coming from, but it's really not um, all that similar. Our, well, I'm hesitant to say protagonist, so let's just say male lead. Um, he is asked to carry this film on his back, and he does at times, but more often than not, it seemed the flaws in this were just too heavy for him to keep balanced. Um, I think what the director was going for was an erotic thriller, but what he got was some softcore porn scene in the middle of an extremely plotting attempt at mood setting. Uh, as I said, I found Yu Ha Jun's performance to be pretty good considering his material. And while uh, Han Ji Yen wasn't given much more, if not even less, she really only was good when she was being engaged in sexual innuendos or outright in the act. She's extremely comely, which is of course helps in believing our writer's obsession. Still, he comes off really as a loser, first begging his ex-girlfriend to take him back, or at least have one more roll in the hay, then him ogling this 19-year-old girl who outwardly showed him no interest whatsoever. So, I mean, this it's a, he's just not a redeeming character himself. But what really kills this film is its slow nature. Now, I am one that will sit through a slow film better than most. But this was getting a bit ridiculous. Um, I was waiting and waiting and waiting for the story arc to begin. I'm not sure it ever did, to be honest. The ending... Well, not totally confusing was the exact epitome of anticlimactic. Uh, we get no big reveal on why what happens happens. We get really a lot of nothing. Um, what we do get is some hot sex scenes with a young babe, but honestly, that's not enough to make this worthwhile. Um, so what we have here is a bit of a disappointment, and I'm sorry I looked so hard to find this, but it is what it is. Don't let the synopsis of the trailer fool you um, because it's actually a trap in getting you to sit through this. I will give uh, Trap 3.5 out of 10. Okay, it's time for our old school selection of the show. And it's Rebel Intruders, a.k.a. Killer Army, uh, out of Hong Kong, 1980. Directed by the great Chang Che, who of course directed uh, countless of films for Shaw Brothers and uh, it's uh, starring Philip Kwok who plays Tang Hao, Tang Hao Yen Chang Sheng also known as Cutie Pie for the Venom fans as Master Zong of course you know obviously one of the Venoms but uh, he's also been in films like Fearless Hyena Heroic Trio uh, Once Upon a Time in China 1 and 2 uh, Lo Meng uh, who plays Lan, who was in Fist of Fury and New Fist of Fury, as well as, of course, all the Venom films, and uh, Ultimate uh, Venom bad guy, uh, Liu Feng. So, 
again, this is a Venom's film. And our tagline here is War Makes Strange Bedfellows. So three refugees band together against an out-of-control militia. So this is actually one of the lesser-known Venom films. Again, all the usual cast of characters here, with the exception of Johnny Wang Lung Pai and uh, Wai Pak, who is absent from many of the Venom's mob films, actually. Uh, now, we have a lot of the usual elements here. A group of heroes facing a group of baddies, some of which are not evident at first. And, of course, we have some badass fight scenes, which is the cornerstone of the Venom mob films, of course. Now, watching three young refugees by happenstance come together, first as adversaries and later brothers, takes up the first part of the film. But when we learn some of the generals are actually traitors to their own side, murders must happen, and the blame is cast upon these poor chaps. As usual with the Chang Che uh, film, there isn't much of a female presence other than the uh, obligatory prostitutes. Uh, the plot in itself, while not cookie-cutter, was not as uh, adventurous as some of the others. Still, it was better than the, you know, you killed my teacher fair. Um, but, you know, again, this was just, you know, not... If, you, if you're a fan of Chang Chang, you're a fan of the Venom Mob films, um, I've always felt these are some of the best films of the era, and a lot of it's because of the plot lines. And this one, uh, in that essence... I didn't feel matched, but on the action, you know, and that's what we're going to talk about here because that's what we care about when we're talking about the Venoms, right? We're talking about the fight secrets, and come on, this is the Venoms, so you know we're superb. Ton, ton, ton of fight scenes here throughout the film to keep you sated. Also, we get a ton of different weapons, swords, wooden stools, spears, bamboo shields, uh, three-section staff, ropes, uh, metal fist statues. Uh, there's so much stuff going on here. And there's a chuckle-worthy final scene as the boat leaves. So look for that as the final credits appear. Uh, this is truly one of the more underrated films, in my opinion. Um, despite the fact I thought plot-wise, maybe not as good as some of their best. But it's, I think, not given the credit it deserves. I wouldn't call it classic, but this is pretty fun, uh, which really is usually the case for the uh, for each group of actors. I give this a six and a half out of ten. Uh, uh, Rebel Intruders, uh, but it might be easier to find as Killer Army. Uh, I've seen it in like dollar bins, like in Walmart. I've seen videos of this, uh, and uh, usually the name on them is Killer Army. So you look for either name, Rebel Intruders or Killer Army. And uh, you'll know, it's a, it'll say the Venom's Mob usually right on the box, and you know you have it. All right, and it's time for our wild card selection. Um, and what the wild card selection, for those of you who are not uh, familiar with the show, is it's usually a film that it will be one of my favorite films that I feel is a little under the radar. Um, a film that uh, maybe, you know, not everyone has seen or maybe even heard of, but it's definitely worth watching. And this is. This film here that I'm going to review now was one of the reasons why I even started to come up with this concept of doing the wild card selection at the end of every show. And it is Long Arm of the Law, 1984, directed by the great Johnny Mack, uh, who's done, of course, The Barefooted Kid. Uh, he was the writer of Iceman Cometh. He directed The Greatest Lover. It's starting uh, David Lam Wai, who plays Ho Yu Tung. 
Also starring Wong Kin as Sick Koo. I don't really know much that these guys have been in besides this. And uh, Chan Ging, who plays Rooster. I believe he was in Royal Warriors and Rich and Famous. Uh, and Small Rose. Um, there's no escaping justice. That's our tagline for this. And what's this about? Well, a group of former mainland China soldiers go to Hong Kong with the hopes of one big score to change their humble lives. So, you know, you know I said many times when I review films here, they are full of stars or directors and they run off their credits. But as I said at the top, this here's a little different case. These were not big stars. Uh, most of these guys, I don't even know anything they've really been in of consequence. Um, it's, uh, and really a relatively unknown caution as far as the director, uh, Johnny Mack, um, He's much more known as a big-time producer, a writer. Johnny Mac is one of the biggest producers in Hong Kong film, uh, but hasn't directed that many films. Um, Barefoot the Kid, which I thought was fantastic, and I believe we have reviewed on this show before. And he wrote Iceman Cometh, which also was a film I really enjoyed. So, But he definitely, was more, he definitely is um, more of a producer than he is a director. And you know, what some may feel is a rather simple premise, this film, that also may be why this film is really under the radar. Because all of these things are true. There's an unknown cast. You know, as a director, Johnny Mac, not well known, nothing really over the top about the plot, the premise of the film. But this film delivers in a way that's a bit hard to comprehend. And what I mean by this is that when I talk about a film, I will point to something that really makes it. Like, let's say, some great active performances. But honestly... There really weren't any here. David and Y was okay at best. And he was easily the best of the crew. So it wasn't that. Or I may talk about an incredible script. But honestly, that wasn't the case. Uh, we've seen this stuff a thousand times in Hong Kong and a little in Japan and Korea as well. So what makes this? And I'm going to tell you. It's the realistic way this is presented. And when I say this, I don't mean by production values. Because even for this area... The production values are fairly substandard. Um, what I mean is the way Johnny Mac directed these characters. I don't believe any of these men were wholly evil at first. But circumstances continued to force their hands until at the end their survival instincts took over and they became brutal thugs. Uh, early in the film when the leader Tung goes to his crew with the details they realize what their cut would be for this heist would equal they would make in a hundred years at their current jobs in China. These are proud men who serve their country, who live in squalor. Is there any doubt as to why they decide to go this route? And that is what Johnny Mac brings forth in his storytelling here. I just felt a connection with these characters. Um, now, of course, as you know, things don't go as they should. You know, because if not, it wouldn't be a very interesting film, would it? And soon they get tricked into a crime, much worse, and now are the most hunted men in all of Hong Kong. They try to stay hate, you know, ahead of the cops, and they continue to just make things worse. But through it all, they have a bond with one another that, while it does get tested, stands that tested to the bitter end. All of this just came off as something that I can believe, um... Add to that the very grittiness of the production, the extreme violence that is on par with any John Woo flick, and you have Long Arm of the Law. Um, 
And not that this film doesn't have warts, because it most definitely does. I mean, I, just going over it. Poor production values, subpar actors uh, with some head-scratching acts. Um, the police just randomly firing machine guns with no regard for innocence. One scene particularly made me laugh is when they bust into where they've chased the gang and Storm is shooting everything in sight for what seemed like an eternity and all they were doing was shooting up a corpse that was laying in a back room. Um, <laughs> so, again, it's almost despite all this of how good a film this is. So that being said, I actually really recommend this film for fans of the Ringo Lamb, John Woo, Try It, uh, triad cop films of that same era I give this a seven and a half out of ten and I, I just really think this is the type of film that you guys uh, can really enjoy if you love that old school you know 90s Hong Kong action shoot 'em up film I, I think you really would love Long Arm of the Law and that's our show and okay now our sabbatical is over I hope to be around a bit more often uh, our next show We'll, we'll look. We're probably gonna review the uh, China hit reset, as well as some other goodies. So stay tuned for that. And as always, thanks for listening, and bye bye.